Today's episode of The Pediatrician Next Door is brought to you by our sponsor, Dr. Eddie's Happy Cappy. Dr. Eddie's Happy Cappy is a pediatrician solution for cradle cap, neonatal acne, dandruff, seborrheic dermatitis, and eczema. Now you can fight flakes like a pediatrician with Happy Cappy, available on Amazon and nationwide at Walmart and Walgreens stores. Parents tell me they're frustrated by their kids' thumb sucking or nail biting. And I even have patients who are older, like five or six years old, who drool excessively to the point they have to wear a cloth around their neck. And the parents are very rightly frustrated when they can't get their kids to stop doing these things. Most parents, including myself, have always thought these problems were behaviors. And if we could just get a kid to break the habit, the issue would resolve. But the real truth is that these aren't always behavioral issues. They're actually a class of disorders called orofacial myofunctional disorders. And there are therapists who are trained to treat them. They're basically physical therapists for the airway and face. I'm going to explain what orofacial myofunctional means, and I'm going to introduce you to Suzanne Robertson. She's kind of my new best friend because she knows how to treat these dysfunctions, and it's not even hard. I'm going to warn you, before you listen to the episode, you're either going to feel kind of guilty because you've already made some of these mistakes with your own kids in terms of developing one of these problems, or... You're going to have a major aha moment when you realize that you yourself have a myofunctional disorder of the head. I promise though, you're going to feel better by the end. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. I'm that doctor friend you call for practical advice about your kid's health. I mix the science of medicine with the reality of parenting. Here's the breakdown of what I'm talking about today an entire class of disorders that you've probably never heard of, but possibly have one of them yourself or at least someone in your family does. Yes, you can actually call these a medical disorder, not just an annoying habit. I'm talking about snoring, thumb sucking, nail biting, drooling, teeth grinding, mouth breathing, sleep apnea, and even messy eating. Any dysfunction involving the lips, tongue, or jaws, that's why it's called orofacial, meaning pertaining to the oro or oral cavity, and facial, meaning face. Myo means muscle. So these are all dysfunctions involving the use of muscles of the face and mouth because you see muscle imbalances and weaknesses that make kids have habits that help them to keep their mouth open so they can breathe more easily. Suzanne Robertson is an orofacial myofunctional therapist in Southern California. We can call her an OMT for short. And she provides therapy for these dysfunctions. I asked her how she got into this. My background is dental hygiene. I've been a dental hygienist for over 30 years. And it's funny because I would see so many of these things. And I didn't work in pediatrics, but I did have kids for patients. It was just a family practice. And I could see broken teeth, inflamed gums due to mouth breathing, broken teeth due to clenching and grinding all night and day long, lots of root canals. Also, that clenching, you're just squeezing the teeth so hard. Very strong tongue, putting pressure on my instruments, not enabling me to work. That tongue muscle will push on the teeth and cause a lot of issues. So I saw that and I thought, what is this? And, and I thought, it's time to get out of dental hygiene. I'm just looking around and I found myofunctional therapy and it changed my life and it, it changes a lot of other people's lives. 
Suzanne found OMT because she was curious about why her patients had so many problems with their teeth. And her firsthand experience is a documented scientific finding. Her patients all have problems because of a phenomenon called human jaw shrinkage. Over the past 12,000 years, our jaws and our oral cavities have been shrinking. Fossil evidence shows that this started way back in the Neolithic agricultural revolution. Researchers studying bones from burial sites of past hunter-gatherer societies, they had larger jaws and mouths, while bones from later cultures, like farming cultures, they have decreased jaw size. And bones from farming societies show the very first examples of crooked teeth. Part of the reason why we have this problem with everybody's got these small jaws now, you go back thousands of years, the, the jaws are big and solid, room for all their teeth. They didn't have braces then and they didn't need them because they used to eat meat and use their jaws. What does diet have to do with mouth function? Well, within recent centuries, food has become more processed and softer. The fossil record shows a rapid increase in non-straight teeth, smaller jaws, and smaller mouths, including a lack of space for people's wisdom teeth. And at the same time, we saw a rise in health conditions like sleep apnea. Modern human lifestyles and our diets are so different now from what they were for most of human evolutionary history. In modern society, we have softer foods, our kids use sippy cups and pacifiers, allergy rates have gone up, and that blocks our nasal passages and makes more of us breathe through our mouth. And taken together, all of these changes in our lifestyle and environment are at least a part of why we have humans walking around with physical changes in our face structure that starts in childhood, but persists into adulthood. For each individual person, the issue's gonna be different. For some people, they're born with a small jaw or a higher palate. And as a young child, maybe they used a bottle for too long or were given softer foods at just the time when they needed to be chewing their food. So they may not develop the strong facial and tongue movements they need to say, swallow their saliva. So now you have a five-year-old who drools. For another patient, maybe they have untreated allergies and their nose is always clogged. So they breathe through their mouth most of the time and that affects the shape of their palate. Other kids might suck their thumb and that doesn't just affect the teeth. Their palate changes and they start snoring and eventually maybe they develop sleep apnea. I don't totally know what I'm talking about here. This is just to explain that the issues that lead to these dysfunctions are complex and they have multiple causes, even within one single person. Who do you think first recognized the cause of mouth problems, like the way the upper and lower teeth fit together, which we call malocclusion in doctor speak? It's been around since the 18, 1900s. There were some really savvy dentists that were saying, wow, the effect of the muscles in the face are affecting malocclusion, the way the tongue moves, mouth breathing, that kind of thing. So Edward Engel, who's the father of orthodontics, he really wrote about it in a book in 1907, and he concluded that mouth breathing and oral dysfunction was a key contributor to malocclusion or crooked teeth. This all started from orthodontists they noticed that many people with crooked teeth also didn't hold their mouth and tongue in a healthy way and their muscle imbalances lead to their teeth going right back where they had been before treatment because the mechanical forces that caused them to have the crooked teeth are still present. 
So the concept of this therapy was born, but it really hasn't been mainstream or widely available. I hadn't heard much about OMT, but if you do an internet search right now on this subject, it's shocking to see that just in the last 10 years, there's been an explosion of research looking at the effect of myofunctional therapy on problems like sleep apnea, for example. I was really surprised to see how consistent the research is in showing that when myofunctional exercises are paired with any treatment for snoring or obstructive sleep apnea, including using a CPAP machine or even having surgery, the improvement in snoring and apnea is consistently and impressively improved when OMT is part of the treatment plan. In kids, this has been shown to be true with kids who suck their thumb. First, Suzanne explains the problem with thumb sucking. The thumb puts pressure on the palate, and the palate is the floor of the nose, so that we develop a high, narrow palate, and it cuts into the nasal space because it becomes high instead of flat. So it causes malocclusion, obviously crooked teeth, buck teeth, and it is a problem, and it will, like the bones in the face will grow around that thumb being in there. So it's definitely a problem. Ideally, if it stops by two, great. As you start getting older, the child's face is growing and it affects the growth and development. So it is pretty important to get that to stop. If you've ever tried, it's not that easy to make a kid stop sucking their thumb. Lucky for you, I will tell you step-by-step how to do that in the bonus episode. What I want to share with you here is that even if you get a kid to stop sucking their thumb, the shape and function of their mouth can be permanently changed. But if you include simple myofunctional exercises, the outcome is very different. A study in Portugal treated kids that were between the ages of four and four years, eight months, and they were either thumb suckers or were still using a bottle, and they all had oral problems that I mentioned before. The researchers and parents took away the pacifier and bottle in all of the kids. Half of the kids had eight sessions of myofunctional therapy, and the other didn't have any therapy at all the researchers saw a huge difference in how quickly the kids who got the therapy regained normal mouth function compared to the kids who didn't have therapy. As far as I know, the researchers did not follow this group out over time to see if there's a difference in their need for orthodonture or a development of sleep apnea, but preventing those problems is the hope and the intention. My very favorite of these studies was that playing the Australian instrument called the didgeridoo was therapeutic for adult patients with obstructive sleep apnea. The circular breathing that you use to play this awesome wind instrument strengthens the part of the airway that can improve or cure sleep apnea. All right, back to kids. Thumb sucking causes problems with teeth and it can make the palate form higher. I also have a lot of parents that tell me they're concerned their child grinds their teeth at night. So I was curious about that as well. I mean, I've been reassuring parents for more than a decade that it's normal and the kid is just self-soothing when they grind, but that's not the entire story. The research shows that the same thing. The grinding is the jaw going back and forth, front and back, and clenching is squeezing the jaws. Usually kids grind at night. That lower jaw going forward is opening that breathing tube or the, the, you know, the airway so they can breathe better. So that's what the research shows. Apparently, at least in some cases, maybe most cases, 
Kids grind their teeth to keep their airway open so they can breathe at night. What I find interesting is that pediatricians encourage the use of pacifiers because there's evidence that it helps keep a baby's airway open. We know that using a pacifier protects against SIDS or sudden infant death, but using pacifiers for too long has the opposite effect and leads to malocclusion. Remember, that's when your upper and lower jaw don't come together correctly and leads to crooked teeth. I know dentists don't like pacifiers, but what does a myofunctional therapist think? Also the pacifier, the prolonged pacifier use will also do a similar thing as the thumb. It will mess up the teeth. Actually, the pacifier could potentially be worse because it causes that open bite where the child can't even bite into a sandwich because the front teeth don't touch at all. And that's just by having that pacifier in there. I just want to walk around, take pacifiers out of kids' mouths all the time. So here we come to yet another example of me giving bad advice. I've really never been that opposed to pacifiers up until maybe age three, but this isn't really good advice. However, pacifiers do have a really fun history. They date back to 100 AD. Pottery nipples have been found in children's burials from the Roman Empire. Much later in human history, before rubber and plastic were manufactured, cloth rags were filled with breadcrumbs and sugar and tied into the shape of a nipple to give to crying babies. In modern times, we've gotten to the point where we all know that pacifiers cause dental problems. So in our consumer-focused economy, companies have created orthodontic pacifiers, but even these are terrible for kids' teeth. Pacifiers are bad for your kids' mouths. But here's where we can use our understanding of development to guide our parenting. At birth, infants have a sucking instinct, which is the first feeding reflex. It's essential for baby survival. However, young infants are not always satisfied by feeding, so they have what I call a surplus need to suck. It's a source of soothing and comfort for an infant. This need to suck is really intense in the first three months of life, but by like seven months, it's probably not needed anymore. At this point, developmentally, the baby's nervous system and muscles are getting ready to eat and drink real food. At this age, sucking should probably be replaced by chewing in the mouth and it's time to take away the pacifier. If your child is still using a pacifier after this age, Studies show that sucking more than six hours a day changes the tone and position of the tongue at rest and changes lip pressures, causing orthodontic problems. That's your magic number. Take away the pacifier after six months, and if you can't or don't, at least keep it to under six hours a day and keep trying to take it away. One more note on artificial nipples, and this is something I learned from Suzanne. I've always known that breastfeeding has many benefits over formula feeding, but this is one benefit of breastfeeding that I never considered. So the mom's nipple will help to shape the mouth a lot more naturally and better. It's not only just the breast milk, it's also the breastfeeding that will help to shape the mouth. Isn't that amazing? This episode of The Pediatrician Next Door is made possible by our sponsor, Dr. Eddie's Happy Cappy. Dr. Eddie's Happy Cappy is a pediatrician solution for cradle cap, neonatal acne, dandruff, seborrheic dermatitis, and eczema. When nothing worked to clear up my six-month-old patient's cradle cap, 
and the baby's grandmother just needed her grandson's scalp to be perfect, I recommended Happy Cappy because I know it will clear up even the thickest rash, even in the eyebrows and behind the ears. The parents were so happy with the results and more importantly, grandma was happy. Dr. Eddie's Happy Cappy Medicated Shampoo and Body Wash is an award-winning pediatrician grade solution that safely and effectively fights scaling, flaking, irritation, redness, and itching associated with seborrheic dermatitis and cradle cap. Now you can fight flakes like a pediatrician with Happy Cappy, available on Amazon and nationwide at Walmart and Walgreens stores. That's Dr. Eddie's Happy Cappy, available on Amazon and in stores nationwide at Walmart and Walgreens. The story of myofunctional therapy is compelling. So now I imagine you wanna know how to find out if you have a problem. If your child is older than three and is sucking their thumb or drooling, or if at any age they are habitually biting their nails, this therapy is worth pursuing. And I'll tell you how to do that. If you as an adult drool or have sleep apnea, clearly you have a problem and you need this therapy too. Do you also want to know what exercises myofunctional therapists use? I've got that for you too. First, I want you to test this out. There is a healthy way for your mouth to be at rest. Relax for a minute. Relax your mouth, relax your face, and relax your neck. Now, where are your lips? Are they together and touching? Or are they floating a little bit apart? Where is your tongue? Here, Suzanne tells you where you should be at rest and when you're chewing. At rest, the tongue should be up on the palate, wholly, and can be suctioned up there or just resting up there, okay? Lips are closed and breathing through the nose pretty much day and night. And then a lot of people have low tongue rest posture, and then that kind of opens the mouth, the mouth kind of hangs open, and that creates other issues. So chewing, you'll maybe get a parent who might mention that their child's a messy eater. That's a myofunctional disorder. We work on chewing. Proper chewing is balanced chewing side to side. And I teach them to chew like a robot at first. So I have them practice in front of a mirror at mealtime. So we need to teach the child to keep their mouth closed, number one. So we teach tongue up lips closed, breathing through the nose. If the mouth is closed, child's not going to be able to drool, okay? And that tongue on the palate also helps give the mouth stability. So we do myofunctional exercises to teach that. And then I'll use an appliance depending on the child's age. And because I was doing research too, and it's like, well, some kids have too much saliva and the doctors will actually give them injections and different medications to dry up the saliva. That causes another whole problem. Drying up the saliva in the mouth is going to cause dry mouth, decay, lots of plaque, bacteria, you know, that kind of thing. We just have to get them swallowing more, swallowing properly, and the lips closed. How do you achieve this healthy mouth posture? Just like anything else, through exercise. Myofunctional therapists evaluate the issues just like a physical therapist does, and they choose exercises to address weaknesses in your lips, tongue, cheeks, and jaw. For example, some lip exercises they use are like having the child hold a popsicle stick between their lips for five seconds, and then they do five to 10 repetitions of this. 
Or they ask the child to force air in between the lips and teeth and puff out the lips and hold it. Or they can exercise their lips by blowing up a balloon. To exercise the tongue, a therapist might have the child hold their tongue behind their upper incisors for 10 seconds and do 10 reps. Or they might have them make a tongue click. Another good exercise is to stick out the tongue and try to touch the nose or try to touch the chin and hold it there for a count of 10. And you'll do several repetitions of that as well. Cheek exercises can also strengthen the mouth. A therapist might have a child roll their tongue from one cheek to the other or puff their cheeks out with air. As far as jaw exercises go, they might have them open the jaw wide and say, ah, for three to six seconds. And there are, of course, tons of different breathing exercises. I give each child or patient a bag of buttons and strings and weights and sticks and all kinds of stuff that we do, all these exercises. We work on the swallowing. I teach them to bite, smile, swallow, pushing the tongue up. We have one whole two weeks where we work on posture, shoulders back, neck up, feet on the ground. It takes about eight to 10 minutes to do one series of exercises, say in the morning and one before you go to bed. And I do have a passive one where they can be doing their homework or watching a show or playing on the computer. And that's usually every day for 30 minutes, but they could be doing something else. And the younger, the better. The 15-year-olds, it gets a little tricky. But I've, I have found that, you know, the younger, meaning like before eight, because after eight, nine, 10, they're giving their parents a hard time. The par- it's, it's miserable. This is at least when they're younger, it's, it's a little easier. These are not difficult exercises. The key is to pick the right age. You need a child who can follow your directions. So an 18-month-old really can't do that, but a two-and-a-half-year-old might. And you need a parent that can be diligent with the exercises. It's surprising how quickly this therapy works. Often, it's close to two weeks and parents see big improvements. You're working, you know, you're working with kids, trying to motivate kids to do things. It's, it's not the easiest at times. It, it can be discouraging. So well, the moms will say, wow, my child is sleeping so much better. Wow, their lips are closed at night. They're silent at night. We'll hear they're not eating as messy anymore. I just got a text yesterday, took a child a week, an older child to stop their nail biting. I mean, one week, I'm working with the siblings and the other one is not quite done yet. I help parents also discover things like sleep apnea. They would, you know, they wouldn't have known anything about that if they didn't come down this path. And people are like, thank you. you you've changed our life. You know, it just, you've helped our family. We really appreciate it. These problems seem really common. Like every kid either sucks their thumb, bites their nails, mouth breathes, or snores. So what can you do as a parent to develop like really good oral skills, good muscle tone, so kids don't grow up to have snoring or sleep apnea as an adult? Get those jaws moving to help the jaws grow. These kids are having chicken nuggets and smoothies and yogurt and all soft foods. They're not, their jaws aren't even working. So food, real food is wonderful. If the child is congested, Try to work on that with, say, clear or whatever. Talk to your pediatrician. Dairy, dust, and dander. So dairy is very inflammatory to the nose. So we, I talk about parents can limit the dairy, dust, and dander. 
which would help get the lips closed, breathing through the nose. If the child is snoring, make a note, ask your doctor what to do. What what should I do? If the doctor just kind of says, oh, it's fine, it's fine. I would say, write it in the notes because I'm asking for help, you know, send them for a referral, whatever. Just abdicate for the child. Model, parents can model a closed mouth. You know, the whole family's like this. That's all the kids sees. They think that's the way it's supposed to be. Everyone can model a closed mouth. Call a myofunctional therapist. I'm happy to talk to patients for 15 minutes, no charge, just to figure out how to help their kids. How can you find an oral facial myofunctional therapist? So you can go online under myofunctionaltherapist.com or aomtinfo.com. That's one way. You can just Google myofunctional therapist in my area. And some of us will work online and in person. So like I have patients in Ecuador and Europe and kids going to college, you know, so I've had success even if it's online. There you go. If you're frustrated with your kids nail biting, thumb sucking, drooling, snoring, or other family members snoring, myofunctional therapy is a therapy that is supported by research. It's easy to do, accessible, and most importantly, now you know it exists. If you have mentioned these kinds of problems to your pediatrician and they didn't have a treatment option for you, share this episode with them. And if grandpa has apnea or is on a CPAP machine, share this with him too. OMT works great with adults. I met Suzanne incidentally at an elementary school health fair about five years ago, and I'm so grateful that I did. Thank you, Suzanne Robertson, for introducing me to this amazing therapy that I have seen help so many of my patients, especially those who didn't really have any other options. To learn the myofunctional method for stopping thumb sucking, be sure to follow the show so you don't miss the bonus episode. And if you have a kid's health issue and you don't know where else to turn, contact me on Instagram or find me on the web. For more from the pediatrician next door, find me on the web at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com. If you've got a question about the weird things kids do, send an email to hello at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com for a chance to hear your voice on the show. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. This show is produced by Red Rock Music. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you're listening. I'll be back next time with more.